it's very new. It's very risky, but also there's a ton of opportunity there. If you're into the Dune lore and the Arrakis books, it's very similar um, how Arrakis works there, which is it's sort of like the center of the economy of this sci-fi universe. Hey guys, this is Patrick from the DeFi Scoop. Nice to have you all on. Um, we will try to get some alpha out of Cassandra slash Ari from Arrakis. Happy that he could join the new episode of DeFi Scoop. And this is Madeline, my new co-host for the new episode of the DeFi Scoop. Hi, guys. I'm Madeline. I lead the business development team at Gelato. Very excited to co-host the event together with Patrick. Let's get some alpha from Ari today. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm Ari, also Cassandra online. Um, and uh, yeah, really happy to be here to talk about Arrakis. Could you give us an intro about Arrakis in general? Because I know probably a lot of the Gelato community uh, will know Arrakis. I'm sure a lot of the DeFi community by now will know Arrakis as well. Um, hitting the one Billy in terms of TVL. Um, so just maybe in general for someone who doesn't know a thing about Arrakis, what's it about and uh, what should people look out for? Yeah. So Arrakis is this project which is really built around making, providing liquidity to concentrated liquidity uh, decentralized exchanges. I know that's a mouthful, but uh, making that much easier and uh, maybe more generally helping projects make their tokens liquid in the in the crypto landscape and in the landscape of decentralized exchanges. Um, so this has gotten more and more complex over time as decentralized exchanges have become more advanced and have all these uh, more uh, intricate ways of expressing your preferences as a liquidity provider. And so Arrakis basically abstracts this um, all these difficult uh, active management that might be needed for a liquidity provider away from uh, from single end users and allows us to manage providing liquidity to decentralized exchanges uh, uh, in an aggregate way with these Arrakis vaults. Why Arrakis specifically, like naming and branding? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Yeah, I think Dune Planet, its name is Arrakis. And on there, there's this very special... Uh, substance that is used throughout the universe called spice, which is going to be like our native token as well. And so it all has this uh, theme from this sci-fi Dune universe. Great question. Where does this come from or why? But I think today in these very deep, difficult bear market times that we're seeing, like right now, I think ETH just fell by 20% or so the last uh, 48 hours. Um, yeah, I think that in crypto and especially in providing liquidity to these uh, to these different protocols, um, it's very new. It's very risky, um, but also there's a ton of opportunity there. And if you read, like, if you're into the Dune lore and the Arrakis books, it's very, very, uh, very similar um, how Arrakis works there, which is it's sort of like the center of the economy of this sci-fi universe um but the place itself is very difficult very harsh conditions it's this desert planet um where everyone has to be very very careful about how they um 
how they manage their water supplies, for instance. And so we see, we see the world of decentralized exchanges like Arrakis. Currently, they're a desert. Currently, they're very dangerous. There are sandworms in the desert, which are like these MEV extracting bots out there. Um, and us normal people have a hard time surviving these harsh, uh, the harsh climate here of volatility. But of course, we believe that in the future, this planet, um, uh, this crypto planet will be of central importance to economies and will be full of liquidity, right? We will no longer have to be so careful uh, counting our water droplets of token liquidity. Um, and yeah, so this is kind of like the vision that Arrakis has for its own future in the books. And this is the vision that I have for for crypto liquidity. Maybe in terms of your journey, how did you come to Gelado? Um, how did you end up creating Arrakis? Yeah, so my journey, pretty interesting, uh, came to crypto a little bit later. I mean, but was quite excited about the possibilities and this really new technology. Um, and naively at the time, I felt that if I wanted to learn more about crypto, and I thought if I want to know more about uh, cryptocurrencies, I really need to know about cryptography. And so I started studying like these things that actually you don't even necessarily need to study to become a smart contract developer. But naively, I thought potentially you did. So I was studying like the math behind uh, the encryption technology and digital signatures, elliptic curves, all of this. And my first jobs in the space were actually more like as a cryptographic researcher. That was kind of the only job I could get at the beginning. Uh, so like reading papers Uh, it's really about cryptography more than it's about cryptocurrencies. And that was really exciting, though. Really, the, all of this was because I wanted to learn more. And I really wanted to be in this exciting developer ecosystem in, 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 that I saw like sort of blossoming in Ethereum. Um, so while I was doing all of this, I was also on the side getting really excited about smart contracts, building some stuff on my own, very much as, as a hobbyist at this time. Um, but at the same time, having this really deep knowledge about crypto and what was going on underneath in the cryptographic perspective. Um, so finally, I felt ready to make the jump and I really wanted to be like full time when DeFi really exploded. Right. So this was that was 2017, 2018. And then in 2020, when DeFi really started to explode, I thought I, this is where I always had my eye on this and I really want to be there. And so. I decided to jump into like proper smart contract development as a professional smart contract programmer. And that's when I landed this job at Gelato. Gelato was still pretty young at the time. And I spent all my time there focusing on these uh, DeFi integrations. Me and a few other smart contract developers got to work on some really cool things, things like uh, you know auto protection from liquidation, um, dollar cost averaging into coins, different, different things like this. And eventually, um, working on these showcases of look at all these advanced things you could automate with Gelato uh, on the blockchain. Uh, I reached the, um, eventually had the goal of doing something on top of Uniswap v3, which at the time was just a white paper. And everything of Arrakis is sprung out of this initial, initial research phase as a Gelato developer. And so, um, we were wondering what what could you automate on top of this really new, really complex protocol, and it became obvious that one thing that would be very necessary for the ecosystem 
given that now you could place this concentrated liquidity, but it could go out of range, so you would have to manage it actively, would be automated management of these uh, liquidity positions and, and the range of their price ranges. So that was like the initial seed idea um, inside of Gelato. Um, we built out a, a project with this and for like a year, uh, Arrakis was sort of like just a sub project of Gelato. But as it grew and grew and as we saw that it had somewhat different, um, different needs and uh, complexities than general purpose automation, we were really becoming our own DeFi protocol that like many others uses Gelato for uh, automated tasks. And so that's when we decided to fully branch off and become Arrakis. And so it's been a, a really quick two years of accelerated uh, growth and learning in the Ethereum space. So like I've spent years as a cryptographer learning a number of things and it's been a really exciting two years. And now here I am, you know, founding my own thing. So uh, a lot of work. Yeah, exciting times. I mean, already, um the biggest liquidity pool on Uniswap v3 with a token coming up. Um, so if you didn't lock your gel, you're out of luck uh, if you're hearing this. Um, but most people did. We got like 44% of gel locked to participate in the Spice airdrop. So yes, what am I talking about here? Arrakis, what are we again? We're this protocol. We help people manage their liquidity. We help abstract and automate away the daily management of providing liquidity to decentralized exchanges. And now this protocol, which wants to be fully autonomous, fully automated, permissionless for people to interact with, is going to be governed by a governance token. And so this is what Spice is going to be. Um, for without going into too many details, you can imagine it's something a little bit like a VE curve-like token structure. So in order to get voting and governance rights, you'll have to actually lock up this token for a certain period of time. And um, a large portion of the supply will be used to actually bootstrap uh, getting more liquidity into the system. So used as an uh, emissions-based token incentivizing liquidity providers. Yeah, I mean, that's what it should, all be, should be about, right? Because in those bear market phases, most of the projects slowly die. Um, and I think it's like a big confirmation also from the market that um, Arrakis gains TVL while everything's dumping, which is like <laughs> a big confirmation to what you're doing with the team, which is um, which is just like the confirmation from the market that's like uh, representing the TVL, um, which is great yeah. to see. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah we love it. And... Yeah, it's, it's really exciting. And of course, as the developer, there's a lot of responsibility as well, as we saw the TVL like quickly balloon. This is super exciting for us. And it, at the very, very least, it's uh, like, um, it, you know, we're quite a small new protocol. And I think even when we were inside of Gelato, like projects had heard of us because we were doing things that were quite useful to them, making it possible to do things on these newer exchanges they could never do. But in terms of like uh, the wider crypto community, our like outreach, our reach was potentially a bit smaller. It's like we were doing these really interesting things on top of Uniswap V3, but probably most people had never heard of us. And maybe now, you know, with this larger TVL, a little bit more public outreach and we can, we can grow in terms of the crypto community knowing what we're doing and that what we're doing is uh, here to stay. So, yeah, I think one reason also, like it's also, it's not only... So pure rocket science, um, 
like that we're doing some have some special magical formula if you look at the the protocols that dump the least in a time like this they're ones that for instance hold a lot of stable coins or are a stable coin project themselves and so this is definitely part of why is um, some of the projects that we work with and service are some of the biggest stable coins around so we a lot of our liquidity deployed is stable coin liquidity and so as everyone else's tvls crash our does ours doesn't necessarily and in fact it's been growing why because people are flying to stables and when you're holding stables one really good thing you can do with them is uh put them in this iraq in different arrakis vaults that are helping you earn like some passive income so this maybe elucidates a little bit of why why we're growing while everyone else is <laughs> is decaying yeah maybe for people who who don't know like a lot about arrakis um what's it like like what's a, what are the steps for someone to actually use arrakis right now yeah so there are many different kinds of participants so if you're someone who's holding crypto who wants to provide liquidity to uniswap v3 and but you don't want to manage the headache of choosing ranges yourself this can already be somewhat complex and we know that in general retail uh, the first year of data has shown us that retail actually has a pretty hard time picking uh sensible ranges which it makes sense right we're not all we were not all born as market makers um and people who understand how to manage risk in as someone who's providing liquidity to a market different than just trading somewhat right um and so if you're one of these if you're a retail trader you're not you would love to provide your assets to uniswap v3 you want to earn some yield as a liquidity provider um but you don't want to deal with some of the complexities setting your own ranges managing them when they go out of range and you'd like to outsource this to uh to someone else then then arrakis could be very useful to you and what you can do is just go to beta.arrakis.finance you can check out there a large list of all the different vaults we have um that people are providing liquidity to um the incentivized vaults are maybe like the easiest to understand and to know the kind of uh to make a nice return today because um some of our community vaults uh there are you might wonder why is there a bunch of money in there and usually there is a reason like there is some sort of benefit you could have by holding this liquidity token so you provide liquidity to arrakis on our site but if you really want to earn the most competitive yield you might have to take that token to another site like i don't know frax or phase uh staking site and there you could stake this token to earn additional yield and things like this so the community vaults you might have to do a little bit more research to learn like the best way you can earn your highest yield by by entering the vault um but some of them are being used just vanilla so you just provide you just uh click add liquidity while you're on the arrakis front end and you can add liquidity to these vaults and see the apr you're earning and that's great second step would be seeing that oh you can actually take this token and stake it somewhere else that's really cool um but if you go to our incentivized vaults the ones that are natively incentivized then just in one click you can already uh without having to do any research or go to like auxiliary sites or anything can already see like which eight pools on polygon you could add your assets to what kind of apr you'd be making in terms of uh fees earned in the market because your liquidity is deployed in uniswap it's earning fees as traders trade and also additionally what you're earning as matic rewards and all of this right on our site kind of in one click so i would say for retail 
that's the easiest place to go look at the incentivized vaults. There's still maybe like two or three weeks of incentives running um, for sure from Polygon. Uh, beyond that, there may still be uh, future incentives, um, though TBD. Um, if you're a project or you're someone who wants to provide liquidity to a totally new token pair, let's say, or you could just be, a, uh, again, some participant in the market, but this pair, the vault doesn't exist for this pair. Um, it's also possible to permissionlessly deploy your own vaults and use them in any way you'd like. And uh, to get them to show up on RUI, you just have to make a small PR to get them whitelisted. It's, it's very simple. So you could go to our developer docs to see how you could even spin up your own vault. So a lot of ways to participate in Arrakis. Um, but yeah, that's more usually, I mean, for some more advanced like retail participants, they're actually doing this. They're making their own vaults and they're um, using them for different reasons. I see new vaults every day that I have no idea who's using it or for what exactly. Um, but this is what's so fun and cool about DeFi. Um, but especially for projects, this is very, very useful and where they come in a lot. We work with a number of different projects, not just facing retail customers who might want to uh, optimize how they provide liquidity, but also working with projects who want to figure out how to bootstrap liquidity for their new project token. Um, and in the old days, to do this, you used to have to do it like, you know, paying centralized market makers to make your market on centralized exchanges. And all of this has a bunch of red tape. It's complex. You have to know the right people and it can, it can be expensive or involve a high trust as well. So we're trying to take that, take all of that experience and make it much more streamlined, much more decentralized. And so Arrakis, you can think of as kind of like the market maker you can hire, but it's fully decentralized. The DAO market maker you can hire to make markets for your new token. Um, and so especially for young tokens that are trying to figure out how to have liquidity, this is a very complex subject, both in traditional finance and in DeFi. And so Arrakis just makes that easier. And so this is more on this deploying new pools side and figuring out how to hook up, yeah, deploy a new vault. Uh, you can even add your own incentives on top. We can help you with all of this. So these are kind of the two sides of the Arrakis. I mean, that covers pretty much everyone who, who's in DeFi, basically, because you've got <laughs> protocols who can use Arrakis for liquidity and uh, you've got users who can leverage those vaults to actually uh, gain gain some nice rewards there. Yeah, it's, liquidity providing is so interesting because it really is this central heart, this touch point that touches all most of the crypto participants, right? The projects need their tokens to be liquid, or else what is the token useful for if you can't ever trade it for anything else, right? That doesn't sound very much like a token to me. Then liquidity providers, the, how do they actually become liquid? Well, in DeFi, we have this really cool thing where anybody can help, you know, anyone who has the assets can actually use them as liquidity in the market, which isn't how things used to work in normal finance, right? Usually the only people making markets and being LPs were like hedge funds and VCs and things like this. Um, uh, now it can be anybody. And then third, of course, what are we doing when we make these markets liquid? Though we're making it possible for traders who want to trade and maybe they're going to Uniswap's UI, but they might even be using these aggregators. But basically, as people trade across crypto markets seamlessly, they're actually using this Arrakis liquidity. And so kind of all the main participants are there. The, the touch point is actually in these liquidity pools across decentralized exchanges. 
Um, and that's why they're so full of uh, exuberance, but also complexities, right? As a, if you're new to DeFi and you're jumping in, it's like, what is happening here? There's so many schemes built on top of, okay, there's a liquidity pool, but then, uh, you know, incentives on top or things you can do, you can stake your li liquidity tokens or you can use them as collateral. And I think all of this is actually because the, the liquidity pool is like, it's the central hub, it's the town square of crypto right now. Um, and it's really cool to see it maturing, but as it matures, it's desperately needs things like Arrakis because it's becoming way complex for just like a new token holder to know exactly how they might how they might participate on the different sides of this. One thing I always find fascinating about Arrakis is we spent the Arrakis team spends single dollar on marketing to reach the one billion TVL. What would you say was the point that you think this is the point that I am quite sure that we have already found a product market fit? Yeah, I would say both the probably the major catalyst in the recent rise of the TVL and the moment when we saw that we really had product market fit was when protocols, particularly when MakerDAO, uh, just showed up without any prompting in our DMs, having checked out the code, and they, they were the ones who came to us and said, hey, we actually we might want to use this code as a way to expose a new collateral type of uh, with Un in the Uniswap V3 market for Maker. And this... This A has been, I think, like the largest product in terms of growth now. The product that's most used is this DAI USDC uh, maker collateral type. But it was also a clear moment uh, where we saw that people were having a hard time integrating with Uniswap V3 and there was real demand, like organic demand without us outreaching out. Uh, major protocols coming to us, you know, at the time, I certainly was not getting DMs from uh, from the likes of like lead maker developers or anything. And so to see that was um, seemed like a really strong signal um, and became the biggest product that we have today. I think after that as well, we saw that was not the only one that's sort of like the largest one. But in general, the, 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 the thing that I noticed what we made us see the product market fit had a lot to do with projects again. I think... For instance, we have a number of competitors, right? There's like, uh, there are other people trying to manage uh, Uniswap V3 liquidity, but in general, it's been a very difficult space to survive in and to actually ca uh, capture market share. And I think that's, there's a lot of interesting reasons for that, but I think what our differentiator was, was that we really focused on working with other developers and other projects um, as opposed to thinking of it as only something that faced um, uh, like that's sort of like a yield optimizer or that only faces um, sort of uh, solo retail participants who want to optimize their, uh, their earnings in crypto. And instead, we were focusing on helping projects to make Uniswap V3 more accessible to them, more composable with the things they were already doing in DeFi. And once we were focusing on that, this demand was extremely organic. Everybody uh, needed help with this. Everywhere we went, people were really, um, really open-minded or exuberant about, oh yeah, we don't have to do the integrations with Uniswap V3 ourselves. Someone else has already handled that for us. 
and they um, we saw the traction there. And from then on, we we realized that um, I think this also taught us about our own product and where we should be focusing. We do now start to see a lot more liquidity providers in the concentrated liquidity. What would you say is the secret sauce of Arrakis? It's a great question. I think it sort of tails off what I just said, right? I think one thing that's very important is focusing, um, framing, I think, yeah. So there's a short and a long answer. <laughs> I think what, what I'm really jazzed Let's about. Let's go with the long one. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I am very jazzed about in liquidity provision in crypto is I think we saw this really exciting explosion with Uniswap V2 and not just them, right? Everybody, but this model is what created the big adoption in decentralized exchanges and anyone and their mother decided to be a liquidity provider with their, uh, with the assets that they're sort of passively holding. Um, and this was so exciting. And it really is exciting because it's totally new paradigm. Nothing in traditional finance works this way where people who have a little bit of money in their savings account or hold some assets or securities or whatever they are just uh, easily are actually providing them as liquidity to different markets. This You just don't see this. Um, and this could change the game of uh, sort of how liquid our entire world is and, and how we trade in and out of assets. So this was an extremely exciting moment. But I think that also it created a lot of misunderstandings about what market making is and where the value is. Where, where can you capture value from market making? Mm-hmm. And the main thing that it did is it, right, we were all very excited and exuberant and we were jumping in and providing liquidity and then realizing, learning these things like about divergence loss or impermanent loss or inventory risk, all kind of the same concepts with different names. Um, and seeing that being a liquidity provider, providing liquidity to markets is super complex. And whether you're going to earn, whether you're actually earning an income or losing money is also very complex to figure out. And there's a lot that you one has to do with risk management in order to do all of this stuff effectively. And so I think what where we might see things a little bit differently or what, where I'm trying to help the the space move towards is a model of properly understanding all the complexities of market making. It's not magic. There, you, you can't simply provide liquidity and earn a passive yield. You can do that lending, but liquidity provision doesn't work that way. It's market making. Market making has risk. It has risk of the fact that you're buying and selling assets at all times, helping to make a market more liquid. And in fact, what liquidity providers are really there for why, why the projects wanted want liquidity providers is to make their markets liquid not for those liquidity providers to make a, a passive yield right and there's value there there's value to capture in making markets liquid why because projects need their tokens liquid and so like reframing i think this this mental reframing for for also the participants themselves and allowing us to be this DAO that is a market maker, where how are we capturing value? It may not be just directly from the fact that we're earning fees on trades, because yes, we earn fees on trades, but we also take on risk by um, because we're exposed to the market and market movements. And you see like in Uniswap V3, people constantly saying like, it's so hard to make money as a liquidity provider, so this is never going to work. And there's constant... uh, 
tearing one's hair out about this and saying liquidity, uh, Uniswap V3, like it doesn't work or it's so bad because I'm having a hard time making money as a liquidity provider. But then you realize there's this weird incongruence between that and the fact that Uniswap V3 is the most used exchange in the world on certain token pairs. It ex has extremely high volumes. So obviously it is working, right? And so why are the liquidity providers there? The, th the reason is because the value is being captured at other layers, right? They are making these markets incredibly efficient and incredibly liquid, and maybe even taking on losses in certain moments in order to do that. But by making, there's a ton of value in making crypto an extremely efficient place and making these markets extremely liquid. And so creating a format where we can capture that value where it really is, for instance, from from the projects themselves who are willing to pay for the service of constant, extremely deep liquidity. And then being able to funnel that kind of value extracted to our LPs and creating these more sustainable, more adult models, models that look more kind of like traditional finance in a sense of liquidity provision. I think this framing uh, is really exciting and useful and I think will uh, is what I'm focusing on. I really like the comparison that you make between DAO, also automated, um, automated liquidity manager versus like trade fire mar uh, market, um, market makers. Then let's talk about the business model of Farakas because it's, 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 we talk about like, I think if I, my assumption is correct. So Arrakis is based on transaction. So Arrakis team charge a small, a, sm a small percent of a service fee on top of the gas fee versus a traditional software company who provide this particular service to anyone. And especially if this product is already very popular, then they probably do with a SaaS model or a different kind of software charging fee model. Would you consider moving into a more traditional uh, fee model or do you want to stay in this transaction based, which is more aligned with the kind of uh, business models that we see today for Uniswap V3? Yeah, it's an interesting question. One important note is that we do already take some sort of a performance fee, right? Like a, which I guess would be maybe you would characterize it as more traditional, in that 2.5% of all fees earned by the vaults are captured by the Arrakis protocol. And so we're, we're taking like a fee on fees earned, um, which can be thought of as some sort of performance or management fee. Um, and this will continue to grow, I think, as for instance, when the tokenized layer comes out and governance is distributed, um, more revenue will be captured by the protocol and also will be distributed to governance holders. Like, and so there's like uh, a number of ways will this will continue to become, to increase. I think that taking this fee on fees earned is very useful. And as our management strategies become more and more complex and there's more uh, overhead there, um, I see Arrakis actually as this um, platform a platform to connect liquidity with liquidity managers and managers will through, through this platform, managers can also be able to um, get some value out of being great managers and people who have liquidity will get value out of simply having their, their liquidity optimized and not having to deal with it themselves. Um, so, so like this is that there is the value and business model trade-off on that end. And then additionally, right. And this is where I think, things are really exciting and interesting is the, the projects themselves 
who may be uh, in different ways, and there are many different formats for this. For instance, liquidity mining, classical liquidity mining is a version of this already, right? This is projects basically paying money to their market makers. They're, they're, they're willing to spend money in order to make their, their tokens more liquid. Well, now with Arrakis as the central platform for all of these participants, you might be able to do this in even more sophisticated ways. And so there's value coming in from the projects who are willing to spend in order to have very deep liquid markets. And then there's, uh, there's value being accrued in the protocol and being also given to these managers, incentivizing people who are the best managers of liquidity or, or, or protocols, et cetera, um, to, to like hook up here. And, and so the DAO becomes this meeting point for all, all of these different Being one of the largest providers of liquidity on Uniswap V3, do you expect to see any sort of problem or challenges over the next coming weeks? Certainly, providing liquidity in a strong trending down market is extremely dangerous. So uh, we do have our work cut out for us in some way. Um, luckily, like the, the approaches we take are as risk off as we can be. So um, like Arrakis to this point so far has survived because we really choose as conservative strategies as possible. Sometimes that means it's not as optimized as it could be, right? Uh, especially in Uniswap v3, though this is what usually kills the normal uh, uh, person just providing by themselves. Basically, it sounds really great to earn a ton of fees and place very concentrated positions, but there's tons of risks involved in doing so. And so uh, it's great while you're earning the fees in the short moment, but eventually you realize you might be getting burned. So, so in some ways, a lot of our, like early on, a lot of our customers were like, why are the ranges so wide? It's also conservative. Um, but I think this is helping save us during these downturns because you really have to understand if you're placing long-term positions, understand the volatility of crypto and, and respect it basically. But still, of course, if the main thing is that if everything is trending all the way to zero, let's say, then providing liquidity is uh, infinitely dangerous no matter what, right? Because it is very important for people to understand this, right? Because you're saying, I'm open for business, I'm buying and selling no matter what. And so if you're buying and selling assets that are actually trending all the way to zero, then really the only way to protect yourself is to pull liquidity out of the market, right? You don't want to be a liquidity provider at that time. Our service is to provide liquidity in, in, any, in any scenario, and this is what we are doing. And so far, we feel totally comfortable, even in the strong downturn, um, things, things should be okay. It means a little bit more, um, a little bit more on the manager side, those who, those who are doing the modeling and the managing of uh, rebalancing the ranges definitely have their work cut out for them over the next week or so, few weeks. But uh, I feel like our, our conservative approach from the beginning is helping us weather all this volatility. Awesome. Being, I think, I, even though the current market sentiment is so low, I wouldn't say, I don't think, just my humble opinion that everything will go down to zero. I think there is still value. To, um, there are so many good quality projects in this space. I think people will be able to see uh, see the value through difficult times. Then they will be rewarded in, in the next bull markets. Who knows when that will be, maybe in two years, maybe in four years, maybe in six years. But I think eventually we're going to see those efforts being paid off. 
being so so Arakas spun out of Gelato, what would you say is the biggest challenge for the Arakas team in the next six or twelve months? Yeah, there's many many challenges, so it's hard to name the first one. <laughs> I think, yeah, and crypto, it's also it's so it's unexpected. You know, things change so quickly. It's hard to say what seems like the biggest challenge one week. Um, right? Maybe oh, if you had talked to me just a few months ago, I would say the biggest challenge is meeting the insatiable demand for new vaults and new tokens. And right, we're in an only scenario, and that would could be probably completely invalidated by today already. Um, yeah, I think um, fully executing for me um, one very important challenge in the near term is still like getting to the. Getting to the phase where Arrakis is out of beta and has fully um, become its own protocol, has its own token, has detached completely from Gelato. This this entire process, which we are still in the middle of, um, uh, this is very challenging. There's so many different participants, and as you say, we're spinning out of Gelato, which only adds one extra element of we have to make sure it sort of makes sense how uh, that this works amicably and that gelato participants are also happy about what what how arrakis moves forward and um like how the spin out occurs so it just adds even one more domain so exactly this means validating the tokenomics we want actually launching these products and making sure that they're secure um continuing to build out what we can offer with our vaults so like all of this until we get to this to me um, uh, get to what I would call phase one of Arrakis and we're still in phase zero um, which is this autonomous protocol with a governance token which is acting truly as this DAO the DAO for market making the DAO market maker um, making tokens more liquid across web3 um, yeah just getting to that point there's still so many different challenges and and to me the biggest one is this coordination challenge of, of of all of it and making sure that we can do it in a way that's safe that keeps everybody's uh like uh uh needs and desires in mind and uh and executes that well together. being a new team usually I understand everybody is the same thing that uh there must be positions that you are currently desperately looking to bring the best talents that you can find in the industry do you want to give anyone a shout out anything I don't know, smart contract developers, backend developers, front-end developers, uh, blockchain engineers. Is there any particular position that you want to let the people who are listening to the podcast know that is currently available and um, definitely welcome any application? Yeah, yeah. So we're definitely looking, can say quickly that I know we're looking for a number of different things, including like marketing and business development and non-technical things. So, uh, so lots of different roles. So definitely check it out if you're interested and non-technical for me as like the CTO, the one who's really focused on the technical things, the shout out that I would give is on like, um, data analysis, machine learning and, uh, right. This domain, um, that is not just a smart contract developer, not just a blockchain engineer, but actually someone who uh, knows how to do big data analysis um, and look into these really complex problems, which are more like, again, re re related to problems in traditional finance, understanding the market, understanding uh, the trends and ingesting all of this data 
in order to create models for how to how to optimize liquidity provision, which is this really big, extremely open, difficult problem. And so we're looking for the best engineers coming out of uh, data analysis and data science and machine learning to uh, to build something for the future. So if you're one of those people and you're excited about DeFi, certainly uh, DM me, find me on Twitter, find me somewhere, and we should chat. What's it like managing uh, 1 billion TVL protocol? Um, how, how does it feel? I mean, not a lot of people can talk about it, and I think it would be pretty cool to, to get some insights. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of responsibility. It's interesting. It, I think also you maybe you get used to it as the right as the, as it inflates. I think on day one, what I can say is we're still working with contracts that I wrote myself when Arrakis was a one-person team and I was just hacking around on Uniswap P3. So to know that those same contracts that I was building very much in a vacuum felt like I was just testing and playing around, uh, holding a billion dollars of value is something I never would have expected at the, at the time to be true by one year from then. Um, so it's quite a surprise. Um, and it gives you, it maybe keeps you up at night a little bit because you, if you're the one who wrote all the code, you know intimately that uh, that um, who knows what could be there or what weird edge cases you never thought of. You really, um, so you have a little bit of this, but um, you know it's also something that scales up over time, and so uh, we've gotten more used to a like being sure that our protocol is hardened and see more and more audits as we've done it and had our own scares and different things and strong lessons to understand our product better. And so by now I actually, at least in terms of this, like, uh, oh my God, that's a lot of money. I hope it doesn't disappear. I feel uh, quite solid actually, and I can sleep well at night. And I know that these, uh, these smart contracts are doing what they ought to do. Um, of course, you always have to stay vigilant. I think the other thing is it, uh, it gives you more of a macro mindset, I guess. I would say I didn't think as much about the general market trends. I, I didn't, or I mean, we all think about them, but I didn't have as, it didn't have as intimate of a relation to what I was actually doing. And now all of a sudden, when you're as big as like a billion dollars, um, you notice the way that uh, your protocol actually flows very much like is a part of these macro trends. For instance, we back currently more than 10% of all the DAI in circulation. And DAI is like this very important token being used all across DeFi. And so it's definitely made me like uh, think a little bit differently about how all, all of what we're all doing in DeFi is all linked together. And I can, and you can sort of see directly how these these different flows and different ideas actually uh, directly impact you and your own protocol. This is quite interesting. But yeah, in terms of the personal feeling, I feel like after a while, it's just a number, and as <laughs> and as long as uh, the as long as the protocol is working as intended, we're I'm really happy. Yeah, I, I just saw your tweet about uh, that your cute little smart contracts flip DYDX in terms of TVL. So that's where this, this question did come from. <laughs> yes, exactly. These little, these cute little smart contracts that I never thought would be, uh, would be used for so, for so many uh, purposes 
it's quite exciting. It's just, it's a testament to DeFi and why I agree that we're definitely, you know, this isn't over. It's not all trending all the way to zero. Is there some just un, there's some obvious value here and value in that a developer like me who um, is really excited, but was working pretty much in a vacuum when this first started. Um, if you build something that's useful for people and it's totally permissionless, you never know how deeply and tightly integrated it will be in like the whole financial system. Right. Um, and that's amazing and never has existed before. And I think we'll only keep uh, reaping the benefits of this because uh, it's just like, it, it, yeah, it's just a totally new paradigm and will allow things to move at the speed of light like they never have before. And of course, in some ways, we're speed running all the worst of the current financial system, but also we'll be speed running all of the all of the best and all of the coolest new ideas that will like really change the world. So I'm very excited still and maintain my optimism. And I think many people's cute little smart contracts will be flipping DYDX by TVL in the future. And I'm very excited for that. So, yeah. The good thing about it, I mean, on a positive note that everything's going down is like, finally people can make transactions on mainnet again, which is, which is great. <laughs> um, uh, one question, maybe looking more into the future, um, is what's like, you, you already mentioned, like what's phase zero that you're currently in with Arrakis. You teased like phase one, but looking into the future, how can a phase two, phase three look like? I think there's really exciting things on the horizon. So we're already building out. And I think as part of, by the time we really hit this phase one, we'll also even have some improved, uh, improved vault standards. So new, new ways of using Arrakis vaults that are really exciting. Can't wait to explain more, but I'll, I'll hold off on that alpha. Um, but in terms of like wide macro long-term vision, I think eventually we want to be this liquidity layer for Web3. So abstracting away, not just the complexities of just one decentralized exchange like Uniswap V3, but abstracting away the actual ex decentralized exchange protocol completely. So a single vault can be um, directing liquidity across many different decentralized exchanges, basically helping projects create liquidity all the way across the uh, DEX ecosystem, on multiple chains. Um, so, so this is a really exciting avenue that I see for like phase two. Phase two is basically being able to have a single Arrakis vault where the liquidity is managed, but now it's being managed across decentralized exchanges, fluidly moving to the protocols that are seeing the most volume or that have the, the best rates or basically optimizing so that, um, so that projects can can have the most robust liquidity as possible across the crypto landscape. And then even phase three is making this fully cross-chain. So we're already multi-chain and eventually we'll be right cross decks, but it's even another big uh, exciting avenue of research to be able to have a single vault on one chain, but that's actually deploying liquidity across multiple chains. And we're seeing that like the headache for projects handling multi-chain everything, but especially their liquidity, right? If you have a token, now you not only need to bridge that token, but then that token has to be liquid on every single, uh, on every single uh, chain. And this gets the complexity totally like explodes. 
And so to, to be able to offer something that would like extremely liquidly move across chains would be really, really exciting. And I think is um, maybe like for thinking about things far in the future, how DeFi could look in the future in a way that it doesn't look at all now. This is an exciting idea. Control the space will control the universe. <laughs> um, sure sounds like it. Thank you so much for your time, Ari. Um, I think everyone who wants to reach out to you, uh, Cassandra.eth on Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. um, in case there are any job um, offerings that people want to reach out to you about. Um, and otherwise, all the best for Arrakis and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was, it was a really fun time. So I, I'm excited to keep seeing where the DeFi scoop goes. Thank <laughs> you.